So we never did talk about the whole um, Bullet Club taunting journalist thing now. Mm. Are, you, yeah. are you aware of that yeah. at all? No. No. Long story short, the Bullet Club have got nothing better to do than start feuds with like random podcasters and shit. Oh, um, you're so they've the gone the after Simon Miller. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the block party thing. So mm. um we didn't we didn't get invited, um, Jay. Oh. Oh. Well, I well mean, probably well, because we're using their fun. Do you reckon? <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that's definitely it. That's definitely it. I mean, I don't think that there's anything else we could possibly do to piss them yeah, off. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, shall we um, get this show started? Yeah. <laughs> You are listening to J-Fake <laughs> with me, Rich, <laughs> and the whitest Jay I know. <laughs> I'm great. I'm definitely the whitest Jay. <laughs> there is no Jay whiter than you, at least that's the hot topic as far as I know. We are two sweet guys. With one sweet attitude. That's right, dude. It is episode 12. Absolutely nothing bad can come of this. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> let's indeed hope not. Oh, dear me. Um, we are available on Anchor, Twitch, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube. All of those wonderful things. This is the number one place. We aren't going any further. Nothing is ever going to change. We are always going to be J Fate. It's clearly, he's swinging your hips, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Complete mashup classic right there. <laughs> Of course, that's kind of what's going on right now, isn't it? In the world of the four horsewomen, they're just kind of doing the locomotion with a load of, with a load of titles, just kind of swinging their hips and throwing things around. Um, I hear that um, Aska, Aska is um, Aska is now fully completed her transition into being just a background character who happens to occasionally hold a prop. Sorry, belt. Um, sorry, title. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah Does that right, sound yeah. about right? <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to go through our usual malarkey. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't see anything coming back in regards to that whole Bullet Club thing. I don't think they've got the. I don't think they've Definitely got the nerve not. to nerve well. to call us out. I mean, we're just too we're just too big, just too big, <laughs> just too big. Uh, I'll hear from my lawyers. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Come at me, bro. Come at me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so let's go on to the hot topics of the week then. Um, let's stick them on a T-shirt and charge $29 for it. Um, right then, Monday Night Raw. 
how are you feeling about going straight into the Monday Night Raw thing? There doesn't seem to be very much gossip at this stage. We're in that quiet stage before WrestleMania now. Um, we're on the home stretch, people. We're nearly there. We're through the looking glass. We'll um, say quiet stage. Raw's in the quiet stage. Raw is, is viewership's declining, and it has done for the past two weeks. Um, uh, um, yeah, it's, well... It's it's an interesting one because you've got um, February the 25th, which was obviously, um, well, that was um, 2.992 million viewers. Um, March 4th, um, which was the go-home show for Fastlane, actually declined down to 2.783 million viewers. March the 11th, which was post-Fastlane, was 2.819. And then last week's, um, which is... As, as far as ratings go at the moment, was 2695, meaning it is actually the lowest rated um, Monday Night Raw viewership of the last five weeks. So it's quite obvious that everyone's aware that they are in a holding pattern at this stage. Um, yeah. This might be a case of them maybe overbooking the raw side a bit too early and not leaving many questions answered um if unanswered if that makes sense um i mean obviously you're always going to have established your main main event player with the whole seth rollins thing i think overall they would have got much more long-term intrigue had seth rollins gone for um aj styles um uh, sorry not aj styles sorry um daniel bryan daniel bryan yeah yeah, no, sorry. It's been so long um, that AJ Styles was the champion. I, just in my head there, I did a I did a brain fart and went back to the previous WrestleMania. Um, yeah, no, of course. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe there would have been a bit more intrigue in that um, than there currently is. But obviously, with this with this woman's title issue as well, kind of swapping around, I think that could have that could have had something to do with it as well. Um, so. WWE total YouTube viewership for the March 18th, uh, sorry, the, yes, the March 18th for all, um, that week. You had the most viewed being Ronda Rousey going berserk on security guards. That obviously was the segment featuring her husband. Um, that was viewed by 1,920,411, with the least views, believe it or not, being Mojo Rawley needs to figure it out, um, 97,000 views, <laughs> which is the lowest we've had since Surprise, Royal Rumble. Surprise, they got that many. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, I'm not going to go for the medium viewership. That's not that interesting. The average attendance in um, this type of city um, is, of course, um, 9,235. They were at the TD Garden, which, of course, is in Boston. It's ex- it's considered one of their top cities anyway. Um, and, of course, ticket prices are fairly low um, at $79 on average, meaning there's an estimated live gate of 700,029. Um, um, sorry, $729,565. Um, that was the March 25th raw. And yeah, so that's kind of what you expect. You're doing go home. You're heading back towards New York City. Um, obviously, you want to you want to make sure that the audience are fairly stoked as you go back. You go to your big places. You go to Boston. Probably jump in at Chicago at one point as well. Um, you know, it's it's a fairly logical logical booking strategy from the WWE. There, um, obviously, a lot of people are finding this finding this pretty much a rest phase. 
What are your thoughts on Monday Night Raw? How did it go for you? What are your what's your notes at this stage? How did Raw go for me? Um, it was Monday Night Raw. It happened. <laughs> so yeah let's move on to smackdown then no no um <laughs> ronda rousey and sarah logan um they're in a beat the clock challenge for yeah, so one minute and 25 seconds um how did that had a go promo um, from ronda rousey at the start i think she kind of flubbed mm-hmm. it a little bit yeah um not our ronda rousey she did say you're welcome but yeah Start off with booze and then we want Becky. That's what happened. For the okay. first time ever, women are going to be the main event at WrestleMania. You're welcome. <laughs> For the Raw Women's Championship, it's going to be me versus Charlotte versus Becky. And I only have one thing to say. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. She's going to tap them out both at the same time, let me tell you. (laughs) Actually, I do have something else to say. Not that... Is it that? Is is that what she says? (laughs) She says, yeah. Cool. Um, so, all in all, <laughs> uh, not a bad promo by the looks of it. She probably should have done a mic drop. Um, she probably should have done a mic drop at the end. Maybe just flip those two sections so that she didn't look stupid having to pick up the mic again. Yeah, well, we know she did it a couple of times, though. So. Oh, did she, she just continuously drop? She went drop back again. Yeah, she went back again yeah. with that. Oh, fuck. That's some more stuff. And then, there's, yeah. It's Ronda Rousey versus one of the job squad too. Fair play. Um, yeah, when well, one thing you can say about Ronda Rousey is when she drops the mic, she drops the mic shite. Um, she, yeah, I, I don't get thrice thrice dropping the 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 thing is just a bit weird. I mean, Becky does come cool. out as well. She says she's the one that made it happen. I mean, I mean, she is mm-hmm. the top-selling merchandise seller, the face company. So does she actually? Um, does she actually acknowledge that? that uh, she's the top seller? No, she doesn't. She probably should though. She did on Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know how this WWE thing works. People are allowed to say one thing on Twitter and one thing in the ring. Yeah, but mm. obviously, Ronda Rousey is bringing in the um, mainstream crowd. So you can argue that they're both the ones that are bringing in the main event crowd, basically, the ones bringing in the game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think um, I mean, Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar both in um, both in kind of top seats within WrestleMania. Um, it's fairly interesting to your casual fan. Um, so I think we can I think we can both agree on that. I don't know who this job squad girl is. Um, I have no Logan. idea. She's married Sarah to Logan. <clears throat> or Raiders. Oh, okay. The bold one. Cool. Right. Oh, yeah, the bold one yeah, out, yeah. Of, out of War Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Machine Raiders. Um, after this, Charlotte Flair um, goes in a beat the clock against Ruby Riot. 
I'm sorry, was that all you had to say on Ronda, Ronda Rousey? Wasn't the time for uh, Ronda Rousey one one minute twenty five or something like that? It was. It was one minute twenty five. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm. Yeah. So Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Wright. Ruby Wright. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She doesn't win. Basically, um, fuck her out. Absolutely screwed. Yeah. And that's that match really. It was very entertaining. It was just um, something to fill the time for to have her match against Liv Morgan. Yeah, I mean, some people have said that um, this her role in this match is kind of a microcosm as to how she's been booked since Ronda Rousey turned heel, which is obviously middling and forgettable despite her immense talent, which I think is a, a fair a fair statement to make about the entirety of her heel run. She, this is one of those main event kind of situations where it's just a case of. Charlotte Flair has ended up the third wheel in this situation and part of that is through poor long-term booking um, and part of that is through um, kind of a cheap... Long-term booking for this and terrible. They they peak way too soon. I think we've mentioned that. Yeah, they they, they peak way too soon and um, you've also just got the element of there is absolutely no reason for Charlotte Flair to be involved in this match. Um, and it actually, the fact that there was this um, artificial roadblock in between um, in between Becky Lynch and the title match that she so rightfully earned um, was pretty much detracted from the Kofi Kingston storyline. Um, which, granted, when you're flying by your seat of your pants, if you're doing something that works on one on one brand, you may as well carry it over onto the second brand if you need a quick storyline in a pinch. But, I mean, that's that's two brands running the same storyline. It's obviously caused this peak-too-early situation. Um, it's a shame because, overall, Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, if it was just a pure price fight in how it was built, I think would probably have a, still have a bit more heat. Um, because there'd be more time for these two these two athletes to really kind of work with each other and and get some personality into into this feud beyond beyond oh I'm doing it for realsies well I'm doing it for more realsies which is which is pretty much what the storyline is at the moment. Um, Liv Morgan, who's she? She got a blue tongue. She came from NXT. Um, she does stuff. She also uh, got beat by <laughs> Becky Lynch in one minute eighteen, I believe. She did. <laughs> yes. From a roll up. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um we'll any thoughts? Uh, any th- this match wasn't needed. I don't understand why it happened. There was no need to put them in this match. They don't win anything. Mm. They just beat the clock. Oh yeah, I win the clock challenge. Oh, how quickly how quickly can we embarrass other aspiring female talent? Basically, exactly. uh, pointless. Yeah, absolutely no. point. Start roll with it made no sense to the story whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds about right then. Um, fair play. Um, fair play. Finn Balor. He was next. Um, it was return of our good friend Bobby Lashley. And for some reason, Jinder Mahal was there. Is my understanding. Somebody, somebody had to, somebody had to be pinned. Um, Vince McMahon um, got a dartboard. Spin the, the the wheel, make a deal wheel from WCW is just there. It's got Jinder Mahal's face. Um, who else is the spinner? Dak Ryder's face. Yeah. Jinder Mahal's face. <laughs> um, yeah. Who, who else is on? 
Kurt Hawkins, yeah, yeah. Give them a haul um, again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to you have to put Jinder on um, multiple times because um, you know you have you have to stick one over Joe's face now that he's now that he's winning again. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura is on there now, um, obviously. Um, Rusev was on there and then wasn't and then was again. So yeah, it's quite a quite a excessive renter jobber um, kind of board there. Um, thoughts on this one? But let me quit work. But both of them ended up Kudu Gray and Jinder mm. pinning him. Lashley goes insane, takes them all out, takes out Jinder, takes out the Bollywood boys. That's it. So he's getting angry now. Um, so it's like the go home show. I have a feeling he's going to be the absolutely fucking shit about Finn Balor. Mm. And then everyone's going to ask. I think... I've got a feeling people would like to have you seen Finn Balor. He hasn't shown up. Where's the WrestleMania? Like, where is he? And they do a ten count in the ring at WrestleMania. In ten, lights go out. We finally get the demon. That's how I book it. Um, I wouldn't book it like that. How would you book it? How would you book it? I would have put him as the demon against Brock Lesnar several months ago because if he doesn't go in as the demon when he's facing Brock Lesnar but then has to for um has to for um Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. It wouldn't be a long match. Then it would be literally comes out does his couple of moves. It would need to be out. it would need to be a com- it would need to be a complete and utter crush. It will be. It would need to be a complete destruction. Of Bobby um, Lashley. There would need to be, yeah. Yeah, no, it would agree. need to be a complete yeah, job. Yeah, that's the only way it could work, though. If they extend it past thirty seconds, then they have they have lessened the demon as a result because Finn Balor really, really should have been given the chance to go full demon against Brock Lesnar. Um. And now Brock Lesnar won't give him that opportunity, even though he respects Finn Balor and he's known to respect Finn Balor backstage. Um, he's just not going to get the chance to give him that opportunity. And that's going to be a problem um, for the Finn Balor character um, as far as this dichotomy is concerned, I feel. For me, long term, it damages the character for him not to have... For, for him to... Mm-hmm. Unless... If it is that... Mass unless it doesn't really hurt the demon or Balor. But if it's a massive squash, it then Bobby Lashley. you have to still explain. Yeah, it hurts Bobby Lashley, but at the same time, you still have to explain um, the lack of Finn Balor's demon character when he was facing um, Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Now, you can explain that away. He did, he However, they need to spend. He, we haven't seen him for 18 months yeah, at that true, point. But he did say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think um, definitely my thoughts on the entire thing is um, if if they do get the demon in on this one, this is when they need to pull the trigger on the demon as the dark side of Finn Balor kind of element to this. Either keeping him as the demon or or doing something that further explores the Balor demon. 
um, because just having just having him there as a bunch of face paint he puts on um, and not explaining further origins into what he is channeling, what that character is, um, will start to do damage to the demon, especially in regards to why wouldn't he use him against Brock Lesnar. Um, if he was scared to use him against Brock Lesnar... If he's relied on it too much, then what is the what what is the problem with relying on it too much? And I don't mean I don't mean in a as a performance artist perspective, i.e. if you do it too much then it's not special. I mean what is the character's reason for not relying on it? Because if I had a kick ass mode, you know, where I could beat Bobby Lashley in, in ten seconds or whatever, then I would need to justify it. why I didn't use it against everyone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. Maybe there is going to be long-term storytelling with that. Maybe that's where they're going to go with it. They do. They do have the creative to do so. that now. So hopefully that is where it's going to go. That's true. That's true. Um, yes, I am giving creative praise because they're doing quite well in some aspects and some not so much, but. They are doing better now than they have in previous run-ups to WrestleMania, um, but certainly the last two WrestleManias have felt, though the last four WrestleManias have felt slightly run, run um, slightly paint by numbers. Um, even even the Daniel Bryan um, WrestleMania 30 moment felt a bit paint by numbers, did it not? Oh yeah, yeah, no, it did. Oh it, yeah, yeah, terrible. Felt incredibly reactive, um, and at least this year. I've I've talked more about wrestling um, this year in WrestleMania than I ever thought I would. So, you know, it's part of that's the podcast, but also part of it's because it's been fucking interesting. It's been it's been an interesting time to be a WWE fan. I haven't really been into it until this week, but we'll get to that later on. Okay. Um, next tag team match: Ricochet and Alistair Black. Um, Against the revival. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, from what I remember from that. <laughs> 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 Not um, much. Okay. Slightly paint by numbers. Um, um, even even the Daniel Bryan. Uh, revival did really well. Um, putting the ring off, so they were doing like really good 80s, numbers, uh, late 80s, early 90s style. Obviously, because they're revivals yeah. in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felt incredibly reactive. Um, and Black, at least this year, I've I've talked more about wrestling really um, about this, this year and WrestleMania than I ever thought I would. So, you know, so props to revival for bringing like, part of that's the back. podcast, but also I mean, part of it's because it's, it's been fucking interesting. Wrestling. It's been it's really been lost over the years. Yeah, no, of course. Um, obviously, it's nice. Um, it's nice for us to kind of enjoy. Alistair Black, um, while he is still Alistair Black, because I have absolutely no doubt he's just going to be Black or Al um, this time in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, good old Al. Good old <laughs> yeah. Al. Here comes Al, the Dutch destroyer. Got a bit. Black. Al. <laughs> oh dear. I say Black, you say Al. That's the. That's the. Um, that's the wager right there. I don't know. It's called Beta Black, so they'll probably go black. I reckon they it? would. I reckon they would. Um, any further thoughts in regards to this this revival this revival match? 
there was a double hot tag. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. I really love it when they do a double hot tag. I mean, it doesn't yeah. at all defeat the absolute purpose of doing a hot tag. Not in any way, shape, or form. And then that's the bloke. Sorry, Mr. Black came in and did his mm. thing. Black mass, 6.30, and he went again. So, yeah. Making um, the tag team champions look strong again. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, yeah. Well, it seems that very few people have much interest in the tag team champions, um, like other than the people who like them as pure performers. And part of that is WWE's complete lack of interest into giving them any form of character other than their bold guys with moustaches. Yeah, it was just like, oh, you want to leave here some titles, but we're still going to screw you over. Put all those props for a bit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, it's quite clear what their position in the company is at the moment, and um, it's a joke. I, th- I think they could, I think they could absolutely. They're, they're, well, they're good enough. For, they're good enough that they could become as big as the young bucks on the indie scene if they do it right. Um, and you know, that's that's just how it goes sometimes. It's. The same with Cody. They could be the next Cody Rhodes when it comes to dropped, when it comes to Vince McMahon dropping money on the floor due to pure stubbornness. Um, I mean, he's got a renewed focus in tag team wrestling, and yet he goes after the revival. Yeah. Yeah. uh, He doesn't. Well, yeah, he doesn't like the revival because they're purely a tag team, and yet there's a renewed focus within the company in tag team wrestling. And it kind of leads you to wonder. Where is this man? Where is the sense behind how this man acts and how he makes his decisions sometimes? But I don't know. Maybe maybe nobody buys revival T-shirts. Um, well, they should. I might buy one. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't got one. <laughs> I should buy one. If you if you buy buy one, if you buy from any weekend, I'd be buying get one free. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If yeah. you if you buy a revi- that means they only get half the money. Um, if you yeah. buy a revival T-shirt, you never know they might they might retain the time- championship and get a push. Yeah, I might buy them a T-shirt and see what happens. Yeah, because Vince McMahon will be like, "Look at them, their T-shirt sales have doubled." J Fabe. <laughs> yeah, there J-Fabe you go. Bought a T-shirt. Exactly, exactly. Um, what colour do you think you'd go for, Jay? White? Yeah, I think I would go for white, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, Sasha Banks and Natalia. That'd be too sweet. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be way too sweet. I mean, I've been thinking of getting one that is sweet, um, but yeah, yeah. Just, just one sweet. Yeah, just just one sweet one, um, and maybe one that's maybe one that's just a little bit a little bit OG. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, um, hmm. We should go back in. The, we should, we should go back into Raw at this stage. I think. <laughs> Come at me, Dave bro. And Paul. <laughs> Dave well, and still Paul. To come, sorry, still to come. Oh. Dave yeah. and Paul. Dave and Paul. Yeah, Dave yeah. and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... And Paul from and what... Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. But before we get to Dave and Paul, we've got, of course, Drew <laughs> and Jay. Or Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, I believe. 
Yeah, yeah, no, this this was Premier was interesting actually because they're not going for Roman Reigns anymore. They're using a lot of Joe the Man now. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, is that so the he show came out with Roman Reigns. Yeah, let's listen to it. Yeah, yeah, let's let's have a little listen to this. For the love of God, Roman, I hope your wife or one of your extended family got through that thick skull of yours and convinced you to just say no to my challenge. I've already vanquished the shield. I exterminated that cockroach, Dean Ambrose. And what happened last week? Oh yeah, I beat the number one contender for the Universal Championship, Seth Rollins. Drew McIntyre is very, very good on the mic. I know what Roman Reigns wants to say. The superstar Roman Reigns wants to say, yes, oh, that's I never turned down a challenge. But but I'm I'm gonna I love the way he does an impression of him by putting his hands on his hips, like when a school teacher does one or when a child does, a, does an impression of someone. The husband, think about your family. Haven't you put them through enough? It sounds like he's Think speaking to a bunch of, of people children. like Hitler right now. They already had to because watch of the echo. Daddy fight for his life already. Do you that is cold. Um yeah, I quite <laughs> I quite like that piece. Um, I like the way that he approaches it. I like, um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of 50-50 on the whole cashing in on leukemia thing. Um, like, also, what is the long-term strategy with this whole calling people by the by the real name thing? You know, they're either calling them by the real name or they're removing any semblance of a full name and trying to make them all into Madonna. Does that sound like a fair assessment? I guess so. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, We've got, and Sting. Sting never had a last name, but we'll just say Sting as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Well, I mean, you've got Sting, you've got the man they call Vader, which, you know, always confused me because it's like, they say the man they call Vader, why well, don't, like, what they should have called him was the man they call Vader because that's his name. Um, but that probably would have been a bit too long. No one they call Vader are... because his real name is Simon. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly that. Um, I suppose it, it frustrates me, though, because, like, where are all the great long names like Bam Bam Bigelow, you know? That was that was a classic wrestling name. You know, I mean, Jerry Sags. Sorry? Jerry Sags. <laughs> <laughs> you see, nowadays, the Nasty Boys would have just been known known as Jerry and Brian. And not Jerry Sags, hallelujah. You know. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, Knobs and Sags would have been like, maybe they they'd have gone by Knobs and, Knobs and Sags all the time. That's true. They never true. really use their first name that often. Oh, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Mm. But, yeah, regardless, I, I don't get this whole one name thing, and I certainly don't get this whole everybody's in K, everybody's in kayfabe except when they're not. Because, for instance, this section now, 
where he's doing the Joe the Man section. This is going to be followed by Sasha Banks and Natalia. Now, how f- how fake does that look as a whole? And then I think it's you've... supposed to. That's the thing. I think it's meant to. What? You mean... Because they're always breaking kayfabe. Triple H is always breaking kayfabe. If you watch Triple H's promo, he's breaking kayfabe yeah. left, right, center. Well, I don't know. Some... I've heard theory on this. I've heard theory that the the thing that separates WWE from other wrestling organizations is that other wrestling organizations are wrestling organizations that put on a TV show, whereas WWE products are TV shows about a wrestling organization. In which case, the idea is that the TV show is the frame and everything inside that frame is fictional. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, and therefore yeah. a little bit of a little bit of fakeness, a little bit of a little bit of overly done kayfabe is slightly is is slightly part of it. However, I don't know. I don't know whether you can say that's a stylistic choice at this stage, but certainly all of this "this is real, this is not" kind of talk floating around. What are we going to do? We're going to have WrestleMania, and then we're going to have the non kayfabe section. Like just halfway through, just all of the kayfabe is going to stop. Is that the plan, or are we going to have Bailey and Sasha Banks after, after um, you know, and Roman Dave. and yeah, Paul and Dave, or Roman and Drew, Joe and, Mac- and, yeah, Joe and yeah, Joe and Drew, and then of course these, these, um, these new people, these new people who they are bringing in, who are being brought in on the concept of, you know, Brock Lesnar is never in kayfabe, or at least he lives kayfabe, but it's his own brand of kayfabe. Um, you've got what's her face, uh, Ronda Rousey, she's doing, she's, again, she's sat outside of kayfabe or in her own brand of kayfabe while the other two people are both in their own segment of of kayfabe, Becky Lynch and et cetera, et cetera. You've got New Day who are doing a parody of kayfabe at this stage, mm-hmm. which I think is fair. Um, you've got... Daniel Bryan, who is a living kayfabe. You've got Drew McIntyre, who is a fictional kayfabe character calling out a real human being in Joe. And then you've got Paul and Dave. (laughs) Who are just like, you know. (laughs) When you say it like that, it's kind of a clusterfuck, right? Yeah, I mean, from from a new audience member's kind of point of view, from the point of view of somebody who is returning to the product, only kind of watches it for three months, you've got to ask the question, what are they going to think when you have four or five different layers of kayfabe all colliding with each other within the same product? And that's what's happening here. Well, the big explosion of kayfabe and see who comes out on top in the kayfabe battle royal. Yeah, that's what they could do. That's what they could do. They could include Andy Kaufman in it, um, which obviously will be... Obviously, he'll be... Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. He'll be played by Jim Carrey. Um, (laughs) Who else have we got? Who who else have we got? You've got David Arquette 
um, both forms of David Arquette, um, WCW and faces exploding across his, well, noses exploding across his face form of David Arquette. You've got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The the referee will be two Earl Hebners, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, both both of the Earl Hebners. Um, yeah, it's it's doesn't make any sense. This this is a multi-layered kayfabe clusterfuck, and inserting kayfabe where it doesn't belong just doesn't make any sense. At least that's what I tell my buddies over at the Bullet Club. Right, Sasha Banks, Natalia, what's going on with these guys? Both and her connection. Sasha Banks versus Nat Nat. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling a Nat Nat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So, how did Sasha Banks and Nat Nat go? Well, Sasha Banks has changed her wrestling style. She's going to be lucha. Is she? Yeah, yeah. She's switched up in a style. Very oh, nice. lucha based. Very lucha based. Mm. Um, so that was quite interesting to see. So it was like Lucha versus Power Moves. So it was a really good oh, okay. kind of clash of styles going into that match. I actually quite enjoyed this match. Mm. So yeah, I'm really interested to see where she goes with her Lucha style in the future because it's going to mix quite well with Bailey's style. Mm. I don't know what it is, but her changing her style yeah. makes their tag team fresh. So of course, going into that what? four corners match with that lucha style mm. is going to be a, a very different dynamic to the match. Mm. Yeah, I mean I think that's I think that's a good idea. Um Sasha Banks has clearly got the talent to be able to do it. Um I know that she's she's from that background at least on the indie she's um she's played that part before. Um and obviously she's got some of the best mentors in in lucha style um available on the card for her to to kind of get involved in um i know that she definitely has a, a fairly good relationship with a lot of the lucha stars at least that's what's publicized so it would make sense for her to maybe change her style a bit um what wwe hasn't found yet um is a viable replacement in the women's revolution for lita um, and Sasha Banks has the build and the athleticism to maybe pull that off long term um, and become that level of iconic. Um, no pun intended, as mm. she is not a member of the Iconics. The write-up <laughs> here, um, the write-up here says that Boston is Sasha Banks's hometown. Um, this crowd didn't seem to realise that until halfway through the match. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that maybe they maybe they Wikipedia'd it whilst they were um, watching the match. They were they were sat there, or maybe maybe when they cut to break, somebody decided to announce it over the over the tannoy. Oh yeah, no, no, that could have been it. I'll yeah, there was a break. Him. You're all right. Yeah. Oh, just let yeah, you know, Sasha Banks from Boston. Oh yeah, let's cheer her now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then so, um, I mean, it's lucky just came out of nowhere again. Kicking people's heads in. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um... They attacked Sasha first, so she wins. Oh, okay. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense that um, obviously Nijax would do that and not think that far ahead. But um, then Beth you know, she's came only... in and did the whole Glamazon thing. She, she looks like she's ready for WrestleMania. 
she must have been mm. a performance and doing whatever. She she looks ready. And yeah. she grandstands uh, Tamina Snooker as well. Mm. So that's a she's, double arm um, chicken wing. Pick her up, slam her on the face to Tamina Snooker, and she's a big woman. Yeah, I mean, I've got, a, I've got, a, again, I'm, get, I'm having to go by the write-up here. However, um, Finn Balor receiving a title shot for a worthless Intercontinental Championship in a match everyone will forget before WrestleMania is over received more fanfare from WWE than any aspect of Beth Phoenix's forthcoming return. How is that even possible? Um, would you say that's a fair assessment there? Just like all mid cards have been going back and forth recently, all mid card titles have been going back and forth recently. There's no mainstay, so mm. like yeah. even even we'll, we'll get to SmackDown in a bit. But yeah, no, yeah, no, I can agree with that really. Um, yeah, I mean Finn Beth Phoenix win is a WrestleMania, and he will get it back. So it's been going between those. Two. It is meaningless. Yeah. But I mean, then you've got Beth Phoenix's forthcoming return. I mean, that is a big deal. It is. Um, is it not? And you know, I mean, she is, she is probably one of those who, because she has, she's quite well built, isn't she? She is in glamazon mode. Like you can see all all of her, um, all of her um, movements yeah. that she used to do, uh, facial expressions. They are back. She is full glamazon mm. mode right now. Mm. And that's important because, like, she could potentially be one of the biggest one of the biggest threats to what is an otherwise fairly dominant offensive reign um from the Samoan slaughterhouse now granted they don't actually win many matches but they continuously throw spanners in the works for um pretty much anybody who gets in their way yeah um and that has given them a lot of heat. So having Beth Phoenix involved in this in this feud and actually getting involved in it as she does um, is actually quite important, um, especially for the women's division, because it could be the start of it could be the start of a heavyweight tier to that division as well. Um, if they continue to get in some of the heavier um, ladies from the Indies and um, maximize maximize the less typical body shapes that they have on the on the roster because there are quite a few women now on the roster who are who have atypical body shapes and see we no longer the five. that goes back to when you're saying yeah. making their own show as well if they do start bringing that many women in um they, they could have a heavyweight and cruiserweight division well i think if they were to do that and that would be the logical thing to do after unifying two titles mm. more on that later um then you could have um one you could have one um tiered on one and one tiered on the other or alternatively rather than divide them have one be a never open weight and one be a heavyweight um and kind of have it work in a you tiered system never in that have there's no WWE do a never open weight title Never. Well, you call it always open. You call it always open weight, obviously, <laughs> um, because that's what the translation should have initially been. But it just was mistranslated because the words in Japanese for both never and always are the same. Um, <laughs> it would just be mid card title. So that would just, yeah, call it I mean, even but... a even a mid card title would be fine. Um, if they but, had their own show, yeah. Um, but WWE won't put them on their own show because of the wow effect that we've discussed numerous times here mm. um mm. 
as in um, for those of you who are new to the show, this is the fact that people are quite happy to brag about women's wrestling and the evolution and, and kind of question Cody Rhodes and AEW on how they're going to treat women's wrestling, etc. And yet um, the women of wrestling show in, um, in America um, is not, even the fifth most popular wrestling TV show um, on basic cable. And or Shimmer. That, or Shimmer, exactly. And it seems like people want women's wrestling, but they want women's wrestling if it's involved in the wrestling that they're already going to watch. They won't go out of the way for it. Seems to be the popular, popular concession in regards to that. I doubt WWE would, well, let's just say they haven't yet announced an Evolution 2019, have they? And no. they certainly haven't shared the numbers. No, that's because they had to give out loads of tickets for that. So, moment of bliss. <laughs> 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 well, exactly. Um, <laughs> moment of bliss feature. I wanted to just move on from ooh, that so ooh, that we didn't sound ooh. too sexist. <laughs> A moment of bliss was in what? the ring this time. Ooh, that, oh, that that kind oh. of shakes it up. Yeah. Um, and it featured Braun Strowman and two people who aren't wrestlers, I believe. They're from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yes, we are of these, course these talking about Colin from the car apparently when he did his street fight yeah. bonus stage. Oh, I see. Um, these say sorry are... about something. <laughs> 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 Um, so, of course, you've got um, Colin Jost, um, who is an American comedian, actor, writer, and mentor figure, apparently, according to his Wikipedia. Sounds like he's edited his own Wikipedia there. Who puts mentor figure on there on the Wikipedia page? What the hell is going on with that? That guy. Um, and, of course, Michael Shea, um, which is the more recognizable um, name of the two. Um, Michael Shea, obviously... Um, and Colin Jost were both co-hosts of the Emmy Awards, um, two well, the 70th um, annual Emmy Awards. Um, that was in 2018. Um, Michael Shea, you may remember um, as having his first kind of outing on John Oliver's New York stand-up show. Saturday Night Live obviously has been a constant mainstay on that and has made numerous appearances on The Daily Show. Um, no, I don't know who he is. Cool. But other people might. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, I mean, we're not the only ones in the conversation, of course. Um, we do have an audience, and they can also be part of the conversation by contacting us on Twitter, contacting us through our message box. Message um, box. <laughs> message box. Um, Colin, like yes, Twitter. indeed. Indeed. You can come through. Twitter is awesome. Um, Facebook is also available for those of you who know who we are. Um, if you don't know who we are, then fuck you. Um, in addition <laughs> to that, <laughs> we, we do wow. need to get a show-specific Facebook sorted. Um, however, um, I'm going to wait till after WrestleMania. I don't know why. I, it just feels I like the right idea. thing to do. I think we've got a lot going off at the moment. So. Yeah, Good we fun. have got a lot going Good off. Fun. Yeah, Good no, fun. that makes sense. Yeah. Perfectly, perfectly sensible um so colin jost on the other hand had his first big moment as a contestant on the weakest link in 2002 and then joined saturday night live in 2005 after his witty <laughs> repartee with ann robinson um mm. he 
was a writer for the 75th Golden Globe Awards, the 70th Primetime Emmy Awards. He obviously was the host. And now I'm just going to point out, Rich, is... I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't care about these people. I don't know if anyone else does, but... Um, neither do I, really. Um, yeah. It's just that the problem is, is that WWE are playing to an international audience and we are... Okay. English, so they don't, they don't they don't mean anything to me. Should we just skip past this bit? They're going to be in the in the battle royal because Alexa Bliss made it so because she is the host of WrestleMania, and Braun's going to be there too, so they can get his hands apparently. Right. Moving on, Baron Corbin and Apollo Crews. <laughs> oh, we've got a light in New York City singing away. Because he is the oh. entertainment, isn't he? The entertainment of for course. WrestleMania. What a he waste. Is. Right. Wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Well. Are you implying? Are you implying that other than Elias, there is no entertainment at WrestleMania? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. Well, uh, I'll explain why let's... I'm into WrestleMania later. <laughs> Um, Okie dokie. <laughs> that wasn't before. <laughs> right, before. Well, we've we've seen some absolute stinkers um, when it comes to WrestleMania. So I am just in my mind. Yeah, um, that Such was that the one with the rock. Was that the one with the rock and that stupid fucking flame prower? Maybe, but it was also Roman Reigns versus Triple H, and the crowd died a thousand deaths before that even happened, and the match was terrible. It terrible. is a shame that. It is a shame that the only real memorable WrestleMania moment from the last five years that didn't involve Daniel Bryan involved Goldberg. I am hoping for a fucking awesome WrestleMania this year. But, yes. Baron Corbin. Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews. Indeed, indeed. Last week I mentioned that they weren't building um, Baron Corbin as they should be as he's facing Kurt Angle. Well, he came out and he announced so, and that's all the things that he has done in his life, please. and wrestling to build him, which is interesting. But yeah, no, they're going to the match. Polo Cruz did his thing. Um, everyone knows what Polo Cruz does, right? The standing move, so that looks really awesome. A few knees to the face, the corner move that he does, and then he's happy to be there. And then he's happy to be there, and then to catch a. What's his, what's his finisher called? End of days. Catches an end of days, and he is out. And finally, Baron Corbin is winning before WrestleMania. Excellent, excellent. Um, I explained so that much well. I one, that much well. What, well, that's, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, so Apollo Crews, obviously, I assume his gimmick is still that he smiles and waves. Oh, this guy. This oh, guy, guy deserves so much more. Deserves so much more. Your Ryan yeah. Nation was yeah, really does. hot on the fucking indie scene before. He, he was big in the UK. He was big in the US. Went to WWE and nothing. It's one of those yeah. things, I guess. Um, the, mo- the most character development he has had in Breaking Ground where it was revealed he had a sister and she sometimes visits him on the road. Um... <laughs> <laughs> does that sound about right? He needs, he needs to get out. That guy, he's just not being yeah, happy to be yeah, there. Yeah, it really does. Get out. Just... He's got too much talent to just waste it. 
So the write-up, um, so the write-up for this, I, I feel like I must reference. In true WWE fashion, Renee Young managed to use the words "athlete" and "specimen" to describe Apollo Cruz all in the same sentence. Which, obviously, that's that's Vince McMahon right in her ear, right there. Um, Every Baron Corbin segment carries enhanced meaning at the moment because they all feel like John Cena could interrupt at any minute. Fair. He won't interrupt until WrestleMania. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that way, Baron Corbin gets a little payday as well before John Cena interrupts. Surprise. Surprise. And then beats him up and <laughs> throws him in a um, dumpster. Called it, said every single person ever. Um, <laughs> Seth Rollins um, addresses Brock Lesnar next any thoughts on Does this he? segment I do I do I do have thoughts on this segment I thought it was a really good segment so Seth Rollins clearly doing his own thing that he's been told to say by people who have written um, what he's done the, the best part was when, when Paul Heyman came out I think we should listen to it, to be honest with you. When I was a kid watching WWE, the champions that inspired me were guys like the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and Bret the Hitman Hart, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Triple Hell, Triple H, even John Cena inspires people. <laughs> but you know something? Brock Lesnar does not inspire people. I don't know. If I saw him coming towards me, it'd inspire me to shit my pants. Guys, this is the biggest match (laughs) of my entire career. Just saying. I don't know how important it was to me for a long, long time. But up until recently, I didn't realize how important this match was to all of you. (laughs) Now, I have to beat Brock Lesnar. I have to beat Lesnar because I refuse to let Brock Lesnar be the champion that okay. defines the future so we're of this industry. The Seth Army, yeah. the Seth army is coming. And the army mm. is the is, so is fans. days at WrestleMania, I'm going to walk to that ring. Okay. I'm going to get in there with Lesnar. So we get that and let's, let's skip past all this. Where Paul Heyman comes out. unstoppable. Paul Heyman wrote this part. Do you know how Great. pathetic you sound, Great. Seth? It's, it's genius. Oh, you need their love. You, you need their support. You, you need their affirmation. What's next, kid? I know how your generation thinks. What are you going to say? I, I need your thoughts and prayers. My, my uncle Mushki is getting hernia surgery. I need your Fucking thoughts genius. and prayers. The payoff of the promo is genius. You need their thoughts and their prayers because Seth Rollins, you ain't got a thought in your head how to beat Brock Lesnar nor a prayer in doing so. I don't want you to take it personally, Seth. When Brock Lesnar wins God, at WrestleMania, I want you to take it personally when you 
and the entire WWE universe loses at WrestleMania. Rollins giving chase to Heyman. This should get good. You get the crack before Heyman. I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. Crop's idea. Paul, you got it all wrong. I'm not asking for thoughts and prayers. I'm here to answer them. Because we are going oh, hey, to genius. WrestleMania. Right there. We are going to beat Brock Lesnar. We are going to take the Universal title. And we are going to march promo, into Suplex City. <laughs> and we are going to... Because it would just be genius for Brock to win, though. From that promo. Seth Rollins proudly waving the flag for the WWE Universe. Prepared Clearly, to I don't think that's going to happen, but... City. That was genius. Yeah. If Brock goes that, in and wins. That... It just, it just made that, Paul Heyman look even more like a genius of what he's been saying all along, and it's always been a spoiler. Mm. I mean, this is this is the brilliance of that entire piece. This is what you would call a classic three-act narrative being told in the space of four minutes. You have the you have the immediate point where the conflict is revealed by Seth Rollins, and the audience are introduced to it. You have Paul Heyman as the antagonist and advocate to that who gives the counterpoint to that he tells him what the challenge the is going to be behind Seth Rollins in the palm of their hand on that promo he absolutely does he absolutely does the only one thing that I would mention is that I reckon that Seth Rollins versus Paul Heyman will probably sell more tickets than Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar <laughs> at this stage <laughs> as a result of that promo brilliant um, brilliant Really yeah, no, that, that's, that is a fantastic piece of WWE fantastic writing. Paul Heyman writing. That was Paul Heyman all over. <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, need your thoughts and prayers, and those thoughts of prayers being transformed throughout the premise. Just, just very, very clever. Mm, liked it. Um, after this. Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. I mean, what what else do you need from 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 a match? Yeah, of course. Um, well, it's it's the Kurt Angle. Let's pin every single fucker on the planet world tour, isn't it? Um, is what we're looking at here. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, what's happening there. Yeah. Joe cuts a promo at the start. The um, he cuts a promo to the point where if you follow their rivalry, you're in this match. If you've seen their stuff in TNA, you're in this match. Anyone else that hasn't seen it, you don't really know why they're fighting. You don't know why they're having a match. But the way you cut the promo, I was involved. I was I was there for that match because I've seen their their rivalry in TNA. So it's more, more for the fans I mean, I've, who've followed their story. I, followed their story. I actually followed their match, um, their um, initial matches in TNA. I saw about the first two or three. Um, definitely, definitely thoroughly enjoyed their work there. Um, 
WWE announcers obviously they won't use the words TNA to describe this not on not on WWE televised products of course but they still obviously have to reference this um, have to reference it and they they kind of skip around the houses in order to do so yeah 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 no that's no that's it's right yeah but you know what they're talking about you know what Joe's saying so so. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so right up to this, Samoa Joe didn't even seem like he was trying in his pre-match promo, and it was still one of the better promos you'll see all month. It was a fucking good Sorry promo. I fair. enjoyed that promo. Well, that's what classic. he said. That's what Joe. it says. That's classic Joe. Yeah. It says that he doesn't even seem like he was trying, but it's still one of the better promos you'll see all month. So what it's saying is that he, he can just naturally produce a great promo. That is a really good thing about Joe. That he's always been able to produce a really good promo. This is one of the reasons why I like him, but he can back what he says in the ring at the same time. This is one of the reasons why I've loved Samoa Joe for a very long time. Mm. Um, any other thoughts on this section? Um, as far as I'm aware, um, the, the, this is quite interesting. Um so the picture that I'm looking at here says Kurt Ang- the caption says Kurt Angle's farewell tour continued with a victory over Samoa Joe and then there's a picture of him punching Baron Corbin in the face. Um did that did Baron Corbin get involved here or what uh, happened? No. Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Baron Corbin didn't get involved. So I guess they've just I, I guess whatever yeah, I'm yeah, reading yeah. is just yeah um, just just no, I mean so. looking watching the match Joe Joe carried the match. Um Angle is completely done at this point. I, I, I mean, I don't know if he's if he will obviously go to WrestleMania. He'll, he'll do his thing with, against probably John Cena. Um, but at this point, it, he just looks so battered up, and he's so he just needs to stop. Um, but the match wasn't bad because Joe carried it to a point where, but he did beat the fuck out of him, like with German suplexes. There was a. So Mojo keeps teasing the muscle buster. Obviously, it's not going to get used, but he keeps teasing it like it's going to happen. So this is one of the things I think is going to carry on with his character until finally Vince says, all right, you can use it again. But no, it, it was... I wouldn't say a classic Samojo Angle match. Angle can't go as much as he used to. Joe can still go like he always has. So yeah, it, it was more of a 70-30 match. But I still very much enjoyed it fair play so we can all look forward to the final leg of the um tour next week when kurt angle will be facing shark boy um triple Hell h yeah. calls uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, triple h um sorry john and dave <laughs> paul, paul and dave, and dave. <laughs> paul and dave <laughs> Rabbit, 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 rabbit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Groot and Dave. Groot and uh, Groot. Uh, um, Vin, Vinny, Vin. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying words now. Um, <laughs> can I just call him Triple H and Batista, please? The BWE. Paul, Will you let Paul, me? Paul and Dave. Paul, Paul and Dave. <laughs> so the, so. The, 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 Bill and Ted. Um, I, as far as I'm aware, um, Paul is spending is wanting to become a stand-up comedian, um, and seems to be spending a lot of his build-up to WrestleMania honing his craft. Um, and of course, 
Davies. Davies pretty much just getting a pair of knuckles and just bashing against that fourth wall. Give me until there's I just want. nothing there. Just give me what I want. Yeah. Get, 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 what is it? Hundred dollars. Give me what I want. Nice. That's Batista. That's Dave. Yeah. 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 That was my own impression. That was my Did you like impression. it? Did you like it? Mate, it is your fucking talent. <laughs> you you are right there. Fucking spot on. Give, um, me what, give me what I want. Give me what, give what, me what, what I want. words again. What I want. What words again. What I want. <laughs> oh dear me! Uh, I know what I want, and I want it now. Uh, right. So, final match of the I, I suppose you got nothing out, out there. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, I am going to do a remix of that for next week. Um, so... <laughs> Give me what I want. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, looking forward to it. Or, or maybe, 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 maybe we could do wannabe. Yo, give me what you want, what you really, really want. No, no, I don't know why I'm Scottish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of speaking of Scottish, um, Drew and Dean have a match. <laughs> you know, Drew and Dean. Segway. Y- your old friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your old friends from just down the road. Gonna get Drew and Dean to 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 fix the fence because because the the wind blew it over into the shed. The fence says we mean beat the shit out of a show with kendo sticks. Of course, it was a last man standing match, and it was seemingly the conclusion to Dean Ambrose's last televised feud with the WWE, um, which is set to feed Drew McIntyre into a completely matchless spot at WrestleMania for him to suspiciously get out that dartboard of matches, you know, all 18 of those potential things, just kind of spin it around and throw a dart, whichever one he wants to insert his way into, because at the moment it's a bit of a fucking lottery as to where he's going with this WrestleMania thing at this stage, is it not? Who's that? Dean. Who's that? Dean. No, um, Drew. Drew. He's facing Roman Reigns. He's facing Roman Reigns. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> we spoke about it already. We spoke about it already. Oh, you know, Drew never and mind Joe. then. You know, Drew and Joe. Oh, Joe yeah, you see, that's what... Yeah, no, that's what... That's that's what confused me. That's what confused me because um, I thought that, you know, they were just going to go to the pub together with names ah, like Drew and Joe. Right. <laughs> Drew, yeah. Joe and Dean. No, of course. And Seth. <laughs> Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Dean is, of course, Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Dean is going to throw his dart um, at the dartboard with all the different matches on as to which one he's going to insert himself into. And then he's going to realize that Vince has blunted the end so that it doesn't stick in any of them. And he doesn't get a payday. So this is his payday. Um... He'll probably be involved in the main, about, event, uh, well, the main event, one of the main events, and help Seth win his title. Do you reckon? Yep. And then they kind of hug it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of just waves. And he goes, like, stay, bye, everybody. Oh, oh. Shield for oh. No, no, no. You know what would be great? You know what would be great? How I would do the Dean Ambrose thing. I would have him interrupt. I would have him interrupt Seth Rollins. 
right? Um, and obviously help help Seth Rollins win. Then I would have Roman Reigns come down the aisle. Um, obviously the shield stand there and do that shield pose one more time. Then Roman clotheslines him. Him and Seth high five and just wander off, leaving a battered Dean. Um, Dean stands up, takes off his gas mask. <laughs> And his leather jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And his leather jacket folds them up in the middle of the ring, does the Undertaker pose and leaves. (laughs) That's a good booking. (laughs) Yeah, that's good booking. Book it now, WWE. Book it right now. (laughs) Book it now, WWE. (laughs) That is that is the way to go. That is the way to go. Um That's that's my that's my new sound effect. That means you need to put that. I like it. Yeah. Can we cut here? Yeah. Can we cut here? Can we just like cut and edit? Cut and edit. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm dancing around. (laughs) (laughs) This too. Why have we got like German techno noises in our podcast now? I don't know. <laughs> I just have buttons. I have buttons on my DJ thing. Right. Put your hands up in the air. Put your hands up in the air. Put your hands up in the air. Put your hands. Yeah. I might not use them. Yeah, not to that. <laughs> let's not use those. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like Lana thinks. Yeah, so they're all rubbish. <laughs> you could play and the hands up in the air at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could do them both. I'm not going to do that. It's good. <laughs> so, um, I don't know the last night. <laughs> so, say again. I don't have any notes for the last night. You don't have any notes? No, none. Definitely watch it. Okay. Okay, let me just bring up what I've got. Okay. Um, So, my write-up says, Dean Ambrose seems like the only person in WWE who doesn't realise he's quitting. Um, When 2019 began, I would never have guessed that Kurt Angle's retirement tour would go so much better than Dean Ambrose's. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Go with that. Yeah. Back in the break, destroying uh, Ambrose with a kendo stick. Ambrose (laughs) comes back and now it's a big suicide dive into barrier. They both get up. After the ref counts. We're back and forth now. <laughs> oh, nice. Is that your notes? <laughs> sure, it can be. Um, well, wouldn't it? Well, if we were being accurate, wouldn't it be? We're back from the break and they are now in a rest hold. <laughs> because that's how WWE Not, this time. Books. Not no? this time. Back from the break and Drew is destroying Ambrose with a kendo stick. Okay. So we had a kendo stick. 
destruction. In fact, while I'm googling kendo stick, I should just put Dean Ambrose. Dean back with a big Glasgow kiss headbutt. Sure. If you didn't know what a Glasgow kiss was. Yeah. Uh, Drew slingshot Ambrose throat into the steel of the bottom of the ring frame. Um, sign of restraint. Ambrose was subjected to a kendo stick to the torso, a slingshot into the underbelly of the ring, a tackle through the table, and finally a claymore before he was finally able to answer the count of ten. Um, yeah, ten. what... Well, anyway, we are, of course, trying to find some form of notes to the final match of Monday Night Raw. How good was it? Was it worth watching? What are your thoughts? No, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. It was well put together. Um, yeah, Dean seems to be more focused now he's leaving. I don't know what that's about. Maybe just looking to future endeavours. Perhaps. So, or he's staying. Yeah. Or he's more focused. Maybe, maybe he's... Maybe he's just unaware that he's leaving. Maybe. Oh, he's just unaware that he's leaving because he's schizophrenic and has no idea what's going on. Did he really quit? Did he know he quit? Are you sure he quit? No one really knows. Kayfabe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bizarre situation with this Dean Ambrose thing, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe. No, it's, maybe. It's a good character because he can switch it any time. You just don't know what's going to happen. Maybe. Like bipolar, schizophrenic. Maybe. Dean Ambrose just doesn't have the internet. <laughs> That's why he's so crazy. Maybe he doesn't have the internet. He doesn't watch TV. So he's just kind of carrying on and WWE have just announced him out of the door without even without him realising it. And obviously, whenever Renee talks, or he'll just hear what everyone else hears, which is white noise. Um, and yeah, that'll be that. What do you reckon? There we go then. I think we've cracked the code. There you go. There you go. Save us. on JFabe, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Save us. Cracking the code on that one. Save us, Chris Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I suppose... um, Yeah, I suppose it could probably be time to talk about... Soft break. Uh... <laughs> Our latest inductees to the Hall of Fame Bret Hart and Jimmy Animal Neidhart. Why do you want a soft break? Yeah. Yeah, you want a fag, don't you? Yeah. Go for a cigarette. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do I don't it. have any cigarettes, so do I'm it. just going to sit here being jealous. <laughs> jealous of your cigarettes. Jealous of your cigarettes, Jay. Just jealous of your cigarettes. I can send one through the internet for you. That's okay. I don't. I don't have the bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your loss. <laughs> oh, dearie. Um, yeah. So let's see if we should cover this. What are we doing? Let's do key F minor, key F minor, and boom, boom, boom. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that should that work going well. well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna get trained on live chat. chat oh, week. nice! You're doing live yeah, chat. That yeah. is that is cushy work. Um, um, 
Selena said that she wants to have a meeting with me how to move forward about training people because she seems I have really good ideas how to okay. train people. So that's always good. Nice. Yeah, seems to be. Well, my works my works going quite well as well. Um, I've told you about my five the five rating the five piece rating system that we use. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've been waiting to find out what number I got. Um, and I, it, it turns out they actually give you two numbers, um, but usually those two numbers are matching. Um, so um, what I got was a three in what I contributed, um, which is how I met the business goals, basically. That dictates, um, that dictates my actual pay rise, which should get me about 3%. Um, and then I got a four in my... Um, in my behaviors and um what's the other one my behaviors and my engagement um which is is very rare for someone to get a three and then a four on on another measure um but that dictates my measure. Right, right yeah 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 so that dictates my measure yeah yeah so that's pretty good <laughs> that's pretty good um they basically said that you know we'd we'd have to justify it if we gave you a four um, after giving you a two last year, and um, it'd be an absolute heartache for you. Um, so instead, we're just going to give you this, which is the closest we can give you to what we feel that you've reached, and then carry on doing what you're doing, and we'll we'll re reconvene next year. So yeah, it's all good. Seem to have gone a bit quiet there. I went for a soft break at the right time because that was just okay. Yeah. Did you um? Were you outside? Were you outside when that happened? No, I, I just opened the door and it just stopped. Oh, okay. And I was like, "What's going on?" It's BT for you. Going outside. Fair play. Um, let's record on that one. Okay.
Hey, you're right. Hello. You right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. You're the one who keeps oh, yeah. disappearing. Yeah. I went for a soft break at the right time because that was a fucker. Yeah, it's almost impossible to speak with you when you're outside. <laughs> Fucking bastard. No, I, I just opened the door and it just stopped. And I was like, what's going on? Awesome. Going outside. Hmm. I'm um I'm just um remixing for our next segment. <laughs> Okay. Just in foundation. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I just had a brainwave. So, you know what I'm like. I like my brainwaves. Sorry, I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> bringing a lot more into this one, aren't I? You're bringing a lot more into this one. And banter. Yeah, no, this is this is much more relaxed. It's like now that we can see an endpoint with the with the J Fabe to Beard and Bear thing in a way that makes sense and is it true in the spirit of what we want the beard and bear to be. Um I think that helps. Um and I also think that we're both a bit more awake. Particularly you. <laughs> I am very awake. <laughs> Excellent. Why does that suddenly go so quiet? Shall we um should we go into the next segment? Mm-hmm. Cool. Of course, this segment is about the dire news that Taz, once again, has not been made a member of the Hall of Fame. God damn it. I mean, I don't want to say called it, <laughs> but I fucking called it. Still time, still time. <laughs> 
knew that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart and Jin the Anvil Neidhart, of course, um, two members of the original Hart Foundation, or as they were known back in the day, the Hart Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this week became um, Hall of Fame inductees. Seems to be a bit of a stable and tag team heavy um, Hall of Fame this year. Um, would you say that that's that is the case? Because, like overly you know, so. We have the direction of the tag team division going on at the moment. You know, putting all the really good tag teams over as they're doing and not not destroying any at all. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, no, there's no there's no there's no casualties in this entire affair at all. Um of course, or at least non no, no, non no, 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 no. matter. You could almost say that the tag team division is going through somewhat of a revival, could you not? Oh, you <laughs> could say that, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> it is going through this revival. Um, like a brick train, well, like a like a brick carrying train going through butter. It is just slicing the shit out of this revival. How was how was how was my tortured metaphor there? Were you happy with it? Oh, I really enjoyed it. On the Meltzer scale, what would you give that tortured metaphor? I'd give it a fifteen, Rich. Excellent. Um, so, to be inducted in 2019, um, we have the Honky Tonk Man, Tory Wilson, <laughs> D-Generation X, which of course features Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, X-Pac, and Miller Time, and of course, China, um, which... Not Rick Rude. Well, Rick Rude was a dick. Um, <laughs> what? He appeared on the same episode. He appeared on two different networks on the same night, one, on one channel with his mustache, on one channel without, just to show that WWE was taped. That was a dick move. And also, <laughs> he didn't really add anything to Degeneration X, really, other than just stand there. He was their lawyer, right? Something like that. Briefcase. Something like that. I, I don't actually know what he was there for. Um, yeah, at some point someone's got to actually bother Googling Rick Rude and finding out what he was there for because it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Harlem Heat, of course, Booker T and Stevie Ray. And then, of course, the Hart Foundation this week were added. Um, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. There was, of course, Sue, uh, Sue Aitchison, um, who ha for the last 30 years has been um, one of the hands who assists WWE um, staff members as well as many wrestlers and um, puts a lot of time and effort into Make-A-Wish. She has done over 7,000 Make-A-Wish. Um, well, been involved in over 7,000 Make-A-Wishes over the last 30 years. So um, definitely deserves definitely deserves her place there. Um, thoughts on the Hart Foundation being the latest inductees? Um, obviously, we're now on the big boys, as it were, insofar as inductees. About time. Well deserved. Or, well deserved. Yeah. Well deserved. Fantastic oh, tactic. Oh yeah. oh yeah, no, they they were, they had speed, strength, technical ability. It was a good mixture between Bret Hart and Anvil. They yeah. were always cutting off the ring. I mean, I go back to this all the time, but tag team wrestling is about cutting off the ring, tagging in and out, 
keeping a man fresh, and they did that really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my major concern with what is happening here um, in regards to this is you've got the D-Generation X, right? Um, that contains two people who have, like, Shawn Michaels is a two-time previous inductee. Um, well, no, this is his second Hall of Fame ring. Um, he was previously yeah, inducted um, 2011 for his individual career. Obviously, you could probably say that D-Generation X is on a par with the Four Horsemen, yeah? Would you say that that's fair? Um, because obviously, before him, the only other person to be inducted twice um, was Ric Flair for his role in both the Four Horsemen and um, later his individual career. Um, would you say that DX is up there with the Four Horsemen? Would you say that's a fair assessment? I mean, the Four Horsemen were around for a very long time. There was different people in and out. Uh, of course. But... In regards to importance I mean, with the business, yeah, we'll probably say uh, they are. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Obviously, business going forward, everything had a shorter lifespan. Yeah. Um, obviously, four horsemen are for a very long time. But yeah, yeah of course. everything gets shorter and shorter in the wrestling business. So yeah, no, they probably had the same amount of years in wrestling years as actual real years. Yeah, of course. I mean, you can probably see <laughs> where I'm going right. to go. Yeah, yeah, of course. You can probably see where I'm going to go <laughs> no. with this, but um, then you've got, um, obviously, Jim the Anvil Neidhart um, and Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, Brett the Hitman Hart is, again, another two-time inductee, and I think, again, well-deserved. Um, previously inducted in 2006 for his individual career and obviously in this situation um, he has been inducted for his place in the Hart Foundation um, we will get on to the Hart Foundation's three. career very there shortly will be three. there will be three for Brett Hart yeah um, well, the, third, the third one of course being the new Hart Foundation uh, with um, oh, Owen Brett Hart, Anvil, Owen um, David Boy Smith and um, Brian, Brian Pillman um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that would be fair um, if you were doing the full factions. I mean, certainly we can expect Triple H to have um, an evolution in individual career um, and, of course, the D-Generation X one as well. Um, possibly um, at some point they'll probably induct the click as well <laughs> so that he can have four because, of course. Um, why, why not? The other, the other two-time inductee, this year, um, previously inducted in 2013 for his individual career, is Booker T. So he 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 now holds a prestigious place of one of only four people um, who holds two WWE Hall of Fame rings, one for his individual career, which I think fair play, um, and one for Harlem Heat. Great. Any thoughts on any thoughts on that? Not a fan of Booker T. I'm not a fan of Harlem Heat. The only, only part of Booker T's career I really liked was when he broke away from Harlem Heat and he had a single run in WCW. Other than that, I've never really been a fan. No. Don't really rate Booker T. Don't rate Harlem Heat. I'm I kind of, of I kind of liked Booker T. To be fair, um, Stevie Ray. I, I, the less said about him, the better. I'm not a big fan. Um, cool. 
So the Hart Foundation, obviously, their their period within the WWE in their early days was fairly legendary. Um, they began um, a feud with tag team champions, the British Bulldogs. Um, that was in early 1987 over their title, um, and they won. Um, they won that title on the February 7th edition of Superstars Tampa in Florida. Um, they defeated. Um, them when the referee of the match, Dangerous Danny Davis, helped them to win the match. Um, obviously, there were heels at the time, um, and he became a um, honorary member of the Hart Foundation at that point. Um, they continued to hold this for 10 months. Um, their first title defense um, was against Tito Santana and um, Golden Boy Danny Spivey. Um, they retained the title after Danny Davis hit Santana with Jimmy Hart's megaphone. Um, and obviously the interesting thing about that is it comes full circle as they lost the title 10 months later um, to Santana and um, Martel strike force um they indeed um during that period they continued to wrestle as the heart foundation um well for th three or four years in fact four years in total um they had quite a few attempts at the title they split into a singles career for six months um in 1989 and then they had a legendary two out of three falls match for their second title um this was um at survivor series um this was at Survivor Series after Brett's um, Brett's face turn in the late 19, um, 1989. And that went on for a year. That feuded until until they actually won the title um, in 1989 um, at Survivor Series. So it was a damn good match. One of one of my family's favorite matches. Um, it was one of the young, the best matches I I had seen in so far as tag teams when I was younger. I felt it was very good. Um all in all <laughs> iconic. Quite quite pleased that these two are getting in. Um, oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean I mean I've I've He does. He does. And it feels in this on this occasion that it's not just because he's dead. Yeah. It's not like when a wrestler dies and they just throw him in. And this actually feels like it is, it is a period of his career that he definitely deserves to be placed into the Hall of Fame. Um, so, yeah, quite pleased with that. Who do you think the last person to go into the Hall of Fame this year is going to be? Um, what is your bet? Taz. <laughs> the human suplex machine. Taz. I have heard rumour that rather than being Taz, I mean, we would all love it to be Taz at this stage. We would all love I to hear. Love it to be Taz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, doopy doo, my name's Taz. I'm going to watch the Hall of Fame. I really like water. Anyway, um, <laughs> only fans of Taz will get that joke. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I have heard rumour that it will finally be Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake. Oh, yeah, I read that earlier today, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Brutus the Barber Beefcake as a potential final inductee to the Hall of Fame? Do well, you think he's had, he had a, a legendary had a career that deserves it? Oh, yeah. 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 
the most yeah. famous thing about Brutus the Barber fucking beefcake. The most famous. No, it's not even fucking Zodiac. The most famous <laughs> thing about him was that he had a barber shop where Shawn Michaels threw Marty Jannetty through a window. Well, when you actually yeah, break yeah. down his career, that is his most influential moment, is owning a window. That he didn't really own. Yes. <laughs> and also, of course, being Hulk Hogan's mate. Well, he's not anymore. They're not even friends anymore. What are you about? He had a big mm. twist about back and forth. Yeah. yeah. They're grown fucking men. Grow up, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you out on it. Fuck it. I fucked off the Bullet Club already. Um, I'll fuck off Hulk Hogan too. Fucking Why the hell club. not? Yeah. <laughs> Bullet Club. Uh. Bullet Club. <laughs> Come on, baby. Soothe the JFabe channel. Anyway. Um. <laughs> right then. Um, yeah, that's that's the Heart Foundation. I don't think there's much else to say about the Heart Foundation other than if you haven't already, go onto the network and watch their fucking matches. Um, if, you, if you're too young to have not seen the Heart Foundation in their prime, then you're an idiot. Check it out, check it out. Do it yeah, now. Ju- now. Just do it, just do it. Um, Smackdown this week. So, this week, um, Smackdown... Oh, it went slightly da- It went slightly up in the ratings. Um, it looks like SmackDown it's is actually spiking more. Smack- SmackDown. This is the highest episode of Smack. The highest rating episode of SmackDown 2019. Um, I I've got slightly different numbers to the. Oh, wait, this one. What's the numbers that you've got? Because obviously I'm looking at last week's. Um, what's the numbers oh, okay. you've got on this one? So this week's baby two six. Loading, loading. Well, I'm while you, while that, while that loads, while that loads, um, rather than listen to you commentate on the loading of your phone, I'm just going to contextualise it by saying that February nineteenth, um, two thousand and nineteen, we had two point two six nine million viewers, which was the highest performing previously. Um, obviously, that was um, that was the week that Kofi um, had his run. Um, was that that was the week after the gauntlet match I believe wasn't it or the week after elimination chamber I know it's all starting to blend into one at this stage um, but yeah um, ever since then 2.150 million viewers 2.155 million viewers last week's numbers were updated to 2.198 that was sorry March the 12th that was post fast lane um, and then March 19th, which was last week's, was 2.208 million viewers. So slightly up, just piece by piece. What are the numbers that you've got so far? The numbers that I've got um, is that it drew 2.208 million viewers. And this is up from October last year and October 16th from the um, SmackDown 1000 special oh wow fantastic um so yeah. it's kept kept consistent 2.208 million viewers for the last two weeks then which is fairly good overall no no um, actually the show actually drew 2.393 2.393 
2.393 yeah. with yeah. March 19th being 2.208 yeah yeah um, that is not too bad at all um so it has actually increased there um yeah. quite dramatically um interesting facts um let's if we compare smackdown to raw at this stage um at least in regards to how the storylines are performing on on um, YouTube. Um, the most viewed last week, as you'll remember on YouTube, was Ronda Rousey Goes Berserk on Security Guards. That got 1,920,000. That was on Monday Night Raw. Meanwhile, um, on SmackDown, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan Gauntlet match part six was the most viewed part from um, last Tuesday's episode, um, and that was 938,999 views, so just kind of pushing a million. Um, the least viewed for SmackDown Live, this was again the previous week, that was March 19th, um, that was AJ Styles comparing himself to Randy Orton, that only got 153,031 views. Um, SmackDown took place in a B-plus city, um, which is where they expect... Um, go on. No, it's a lot to carry on. B-plus oh, lot. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good. Um, this was the Mohegan Sun Arena. Um, obviously, that is in um, Un Unkensville. Um, Unkensville? Where the fuck is that? I, 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 I know, usually... No idea. Uh, what the hell is? Oh, it's mm. Connecticut. There we go. It, so we are talking. We are talking full on WWE territory. B plus. That makes sense. Um, Seven thousand six hundred and eight would be the average attendance in a B plus city. Um, average price of a ticket would be ninety two dollars. That means the estimated live gate for this, providing they made their target, will have been six hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and thirty six dollars, um, putting it slightly above what they will have made for Fastlane had they hit target. Opening segment um, was The New Day, Vince McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Jay, how did this segment go down? What were your thoughts? How did this segment go down? My God, it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, Starts with New Day. Obviously, mm -hmm. they're, they're in there talking about um, Kofi putting him over, talking about quitting before that as well. Mm -hmm. Um would start saying going quiet and then okay so I've gone through some notes here just bear with me and they call out VKM yep um, he comes down to the ring and he says that you're not going to quit because you've got the power of positivity you're never going to quit he sort of eggs them on and sort of in yeah. some kind of Vince McMahon fashion, as you as you would imagine. Yep, of course. And then Daniel Bryan comes out. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, I believe, does his um, B plus player bit again. Once again, reminds he the audience does. of his position. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he cuts off Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon actually told him to shut up because he was talking. <laughs> nice. Yeah, everything yeah, that Vince McMahon was saying to the New Day, he was agreeing with him, saying he was a B-plus player, not to listen to them, and they were all the waste yeah. of time. Um, uh -huh. And then Daniel Bryan was actually just amazing with his promo. Got to yeah. point that out. He he was on fire. We could listen to it. Do you want to listen to it? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, let's let's get that let's get that segment. I think we should up. listen to it. 
Excellent. Well, while we do that, um, because it looks like this hasn't been embedded on the on the notes that I'm looking at, so... I mean, Xavier calls Daniel Bryan a hypocrite because he's become everything that he used to fight against. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... Um, that's kind of cool, although it's kind of telegraphing it at this stage for, for the audience. Um, is it not? Well, I guess so, but it was really good to watch. I mean, it's like they're putting everything to SmackDown because it's moving to Fox. So, yeah. this 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 um, program is always going to be better than Raw, I think, at the moment. Of course, of course. Um, full segment. There we go. Let's let's just bring this in. So new day call out Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon enters the ring. Here comes Daniel Bryan Hold now. Hold on. Hold on. Mr. McMahon, don't waste another breath placating the fragile egos of the new day. If the new day wanna quit. Let them quit. Because guess what? Guess what? The New Day is nothing but a stale novelty act. A stale novelty act, by the way, that you created. If you want to create another one, it's easy. We'll just pull up three people from NXT. We'll call them Fresh Afternoon, and they'll throw waffles into the crowd, and they'll be wildly more popular than the New Day ever was. And do you know why? Do you know why? Because Kofi Kingston is nothing but a B-plus player. Daniel Bryan. Well, let's face it. Kofi lost last week. Kofi lost at Fastlane. Kofi lost at Elimination Chamber. Don't let Big E and Xavier Woods get in your head. Don't let the parasites in the audience get in your head. Mr. McMahon, you have been right regarding Kofi Kingston every step of the way. Your instincts regarding Kofi Kingston not being anywhere near championship material, those instincts are 100% correct. You are right. These people are wrong. And just like Kofi Kingston, these people refused to accept that reality. Brilliant. Reality? Reality, Brian, the reality is that you're too scared. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty fucking brilliant. Um, he, he, again, just establishes himself as what exactly what he is he is a hypocrite he um has completely turned on his fans um he is he is one of the best heels in the business at the moment and probably is cementing his hall of fame legacy right now um there was a period where it would have been considered that he might not end up in the hall of fame um had he have had he have just retired when he first retired as it were um that probably would have been a bit controversial were he to actually end up in the hall of fame um in the in this instance that is not the case yeah um anything else to say about the segment 
I just thought I really enjoyed it, and it set up the Gordon match for later on the night, back in New Day, when Kevin Kingston goes to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite a good twist. Cool. So, yeah, there was the, when Kofi Kingston goes to WrestleMania was actually the exact words, wasn't it? Um, actually, no, I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead there. Let's, let's move forward. Um, so, after this, Charlotte defeats Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Fucking awesome match. Really enjoyed that match. Yeah? It really showed why Charlotte Flair should be in the triple threat. So it answers the question of why is she there? She proved it by being Oscar and taking that title into the main event. Um, at the same time, what does this mean for Asuka? Oh, nothing. Nothing, nothing for Asuka. She's just there. She's a wrestler. And that is it. Yeah, she's just a prop in another person's feud. She's been consistently used as a prop as a re- um, in regards to her career. Empress is what they call her. Of tomorrow. She's not even... Man- yeah, she's not... A- Empress of tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's never fucking coming, is it, WWE? Nope. Nope. Because even when she's got the fucking strap on her, she's still playing second fiddle. It's a shame. It is a shame because she does Poor fucking Asuka. A lot better. Even Becca Lynch on Twitter was saying that as well. She was like, Asuka deserves so much better than what she's getting, which she does. Mm. So, well, you, so you have you have Becca Lynch breaking kayfabe on Twitter as well. Well, regardless of this, it's just a shame. It is just a massive shame. And um, I look forward to not seeing her on the pre-show. AEW. <laughs> AEW for that woman that would be nice that would be very very fucking nice um, Kurt Angle Kurt Angle reunion tour um, versus AJ Styles oh, thoughts on this one well I was going to talk a bit more about Oscar and Charlotte Flair oh, oh you got a little bit more to say on that yeah, no, like in the match, um, they told a story of hate and also respect. There was a fighting spirit. Um, and obviously, Oscar taps out to the uh, figure eight, uh, makes sure an eight time mm-hmm. champion. I think it's important to mention that she's now an eight jump, eight time champion going into this. Uh, she, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte Flair. She, she's now uh, the only person to become an eight time champion, a female wrestler. No one female mm-hmm. has done that. So that gives her credibility again moving into this match. Does it give her credibility? I, guess, I don't think it does. Um, I have a bit of concern about this. Um, who is the previous record holder for that in regards to women holding it? What title hold? Uh, how many times? Trish uh, Stratton? Yeah. She's broke that already. So she's just adding to it. So here we are in the women's revolution. We all know how Charlotte's career is going to end at this point in regard to in regards to how many titles she holds because they will pull it as being on a par with Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair to say? Well, they're probably going to let her beat her dad's record. 
is actually 23, Let not 16. Well, they're only going to go with the 16 because they they completely ignore the actual NWA title as we know, and they, they only acknowledge um, the NWA title after it becomes the WC title, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. as far as they're concerned. Which is fine. Um, they've got to keep it within the Crockett Promotions family rather than the wider NWA family um, because they don't like acknowledging the territories that never got into bed with them. Um, however, having Charlotte win 16 championships, which is definitely where this is going to go. I mean, she's young enough to do this career again, um, which is effectively what it would take. Um does it get to the point where what we're effectively looking at is them just reselling us nostalgia with Charlotte Flair? I mean, they're already slightly doing it. And when I say slightly doing it, they are fucking just doing that. Um, getting her be a 16-time champion. I don't know. There's just something that feels a bit hokey and predictable about it. Yeah, no, I can completely understand where you're coming from. And I feel it but... kind of cheapens the title because it's almost like they're artificially inflating a, 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 the number of title reigns. But it's not artificially, it's actually happening. So it's not like Goldberg's winning streak that Oscar broke. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's not, it's, it's not artificially. I mean, they just randomly inserted her into an unscheduled match against the SmackDown Women's Champion and had her win it. Matches are still happening. Well, yeah, I suppose. Well, I think it it feels pretty damn artificial at this stage when there was absolutely no build-up to this match. We didn't know that was going to happen. They literally just decided to have it. But this goes back to us talking about title unification. This is now a way to put that story Mm. forward. This brings new life into the story of Dale. So her having Um, that championship brings new life into it where they can go, oh, this is now a unification match. Does that bring new life into it, though? I feel it It doesn't get me any more more excited. In fact, it gets me less excited because it means I'm probably not going to see Asuka at WrestleMania. And that, to me, is a disappointment because I th- I like seeing Charlotte Flair, but I was already going to see Charlotte Flair. I was already going to see Charlotte Flair try and get Ronda Rousey's title. But was you looking forward it to doesn't... seeing Oscar on the pre-show against Sonya Deville I... or Mandy Rose? Or I would both? rather have seen Oscar on the I would rather have seen Oscar on the pre-show than not at all. From what I've read, and at this stage, uh, Vince pulled the title from her for that reason. She pulled, he pulled the title from her because he didn't want to put into a match that no one would care about. So he's put both titles in the main event. Well, surely the logical thing for that would have been to insert her into the title and get her a payday. I mean, at this stage, it's already a clusterfuck. Have her beat Charlotte, have Charlotte go mental, have Asker in the fucking match injure her very early in the match so that she ends up doing a Braun Strowman and um, kind of lying outside of the match for the majority of it. People still get what they pay for. She gets a payday and there's a logical reason as to as to all of it. At this stage, to me, I, I, I've, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I, I think this would make a... absolutely no sense. Would make Obviously, Charlotte bringing the title at this point makes no sense. But... Well, there you go then. But, but, <laughs> one's an inanimate object and one's a, one's a whole human being, so it's the lesser of two evils. 
Okay. 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 We have, but no, for me, I, I, I understand where I would agree to disagree on this, but um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this at all, um, which is fair. Cool. Um, AJ Styles and Kurt Angle in um, the Kurt Angle farewell tour. Um, thoughts oh, on this yeah, one? This could, have, this, this could have been a Matt classic. But the way I feel this played out is for the fact that possibly Kurt Angle was too beat up from the night before. Mm. They've gone into the match. They started the match strong. It, it looked like it was going to be a match classic. They're going to do the classic AJ Styles, Kurt Angle kind of match. And then out of nowhere, Randy Orton slivers in and fucks everything up. Mm. Fair play. I mean, Randy's got a collector weekly paycheck anyway, hasn't he? So RKO's AJ Styles, AJ Styles wins. So Kurt Angle loses, just to let mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and then Kurt Angle, Angle slams Randy Orton and he rolls out the ring. And that ends that segment. Yeah, I mean... That match, obvi- that match would have been fucking amazing. Obviously, that's kind of how you build heat with Randy Orton. Um, rather than just have him turn up and punch the clock, which is what he does if he's a face, when he's a heel, he instead um, turns up and ruins matches. Um, that's pretty much what he does. Um, and then shits in a bag and goes home. <laughs> Don't forget about shitting in the bag. Yeah, yeah. Probably six bags before he leaves. Hilarious prank. Anyway. <laughs> now, now, I do it at work now. And I said Randy Young told me to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Everyone, that makes thinks, sense. everyone thinks it's funny. Everyone thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, just in jest. Just yeah. in jest. Just, just shat in a bag. Yeah. Yeah. What a bellend. Yep. It's a shame, though, um, that you don't get to see that match. Um, but obviously, TNA um, have the match. Um, it's available on Impact Wrestling's GWF site, so you can always just watch it there. They have many matches, and yeah, you can profile on YouTube as well we, if you want to. Yeah, we are not sponsored by them. They're just, they're just alright. They just have the matches. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> The Miz addresses Shane McMahon. Um, so, The Miz tries to make himself cry. How did that go down? Did he try to make himself cry? Because he didn't cry. Yeah, yeah, that's The Miz for you. <laughs> but the crowd is firmly behind The Miz. Firmly behind The Miz. It still doesn't make me want to believe him as a face. Fair play. Um, Falls Count Anywhere match um, gives Shane McMahon full license to jump off the highest possible thing he can at WrestleMania. Falls Count Anywhere match. Yeah, Falls Count Anywhere match. And that's how he said it. Oh, excellent, excellent. (laughs) I am the Miz. Um, So I am the Miz. I am awesome. There you go. Speaking <laughs> speaking of the rest of this angle, um, Shane McMahon obviously gave Batista a call um, when he felt he needed more backup because obviously 
you know, he ended up having his security with him. Um, looks like he also apparently sent a memo to the SmackDown roster that read, who hasn't worked in over a month, who wants a bit of cash? Does that does that sound about accurate with this? Um, everyone that's not been on TV uh, came out as his goons, basically, and started beating up the Miz. This are the Colognes, Sean Benjamin, Sanity, and... Basically, he beat the crap out of them. He got beat down a little bit, but in the end, he was stuck and had a crazy look in his eye. And basically, is going to go into WrestleMania as this crazy maniac is going to beat the crap out of Shane and then probably lose. And probably be the one to take the high spot. I have a feeling they're going to go really high onto some, something really high. And the Miz is going to be the one to take the spot, not Shane McMahon. That actually would be the payoff that this that this story needs. Yeah. WWE, if you don't book that, then you're fucking idiots. Um, I, have the, I have the image of Miz falling back with him, some sort of like crash mat. Some sort of like crash mat. I have an image of a elbow drop off the top of a cell for some reason. All oh, right, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. It might happen. Maybe because it's it just seared into the back of my mind because every time there's a cell, Shane McMahon comes off it. Love I'm surprised Four he hasn't. I'm surprised he hasn't got into the. Anywhere. I'm surprised he hasn't got into the WWE library and um, and actually edited himself into famous Hell in a Cell matches that he wasn't present for, jumping off them, just for shits and giggles. No, he probably did because he's famous man. After this, the New Day um, are in their gauntlet match. Um, obviously, this is the new day against the opponents of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, Shinsuke, uh, sorry, Rusuke, um, The Bar, The Usos, Daniel, Bryan, and Rowan. Um, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Let's let's start with those guys. Um, so I guess they haven't re-signed. Yeah. So the club up, up, down, down. That's pretty much what the match was. Yeah, so they they haven't they haven't signed again, have they? It would appear not. They got destroyed. Yeah, I mean that is just makes them look like a joke, doesn't yeah. it? That's pretty much what happened. They've got a shadow of the talent, more Kyle Anderson than anyone else, but than Luke Gallows. But yeah, they just got pissed all over, and um, poor Carl there got up, up, down, down. Yeah, Vince is Vince has lost his interest in those two toys, doesn't he? For sure. Um, right, Rusuke. Quite a long match for this one. Um, obviously, they went through getting beat down, cut off Kofi from Biggie, so they was creating a hot tag for Biggie to come in. Uh, what do I have here? I mean, even um, Nakamura and Rusev did the whole we've got tag team moves thing again, which was quite cool. Shinsuke is clearly yeah. um, collecting a paycheck and surfing at the moment. So, yeah, yeah that's always good. Yeah, that is literally pretty much called Dave Meltzer. Basically, his family likes um, Florida. So, that's the only reason why he's staying. So, he's just there being in the background. Part of the tag team that makes no sense doing some moves that he normally does not really putting anything into a match 
healing up from any injuries that he probably already had had from New Japan Pro Wrestling and going into NXT and then just working a lighter style. He's just surfing. And Florida has bigger waves, apparently. Than Japan. Oh, well. Fair play. I mean, if that's the position that Shinsuke Nakamura is happy with, then I don't think it's really our place to... deserve that position. But as a fan, I would like Um, to see him be Nakamura from New Japan Pro Wrestling in the WWE. That would be that would be awesome. At the same time, if he's if if there is no reason for him to do that, then what can you say? You know. Yeah, you can hope for it all you want, but Shinsuke Nakamura is at the stage now where he's going to have those niggling injuries anyway. Um, from this kind of situation, the, from the hard start that he created for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Everything an incredibly hard style. Um, yeah, I mean, so. he's, 30, he's 39 years old. Yeah, um, yeah. At this stage, this is this is kind of a choice that he's in. Um, and the choice is actually kind of, does he want to be wrestling when he's, does he still want to be wrestling when he's 49, 54, you know, have that one last big retirement run in Japan, um, you know, when he finishes out his pro wrestling career, or are we looking at, are we looking at something a bit different in how he kind of, uh, and he just kind of retires to America, and this is his, the start of his retirement. I do hope he goes um, back to Japan and has things. a last run for a year or two. Um, I would think that would be the logical thing. I think he's definitely earned the, um, the kind of heroes welcome finish. Heroes. Uh, New Japan pro wrestling, yeah, and. To start that story yeah. again. He's won the prize heroes. Fighter. Story again. He's, prize yeah, he's won the heroes. Welcome. Um, he's definitely earned. He's definitely earned the prize fighter kind of kind of gimmick. He's certainly earned the um, kind of three year stint in New Japan Pro Wrestling with a G1 victory, holding the title, um, and then kind of closing it out with one last year long title run with a couple of big big matches, um, and then a retirement show the following year, um, much like much like other people have done, um, especially recently in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, yeah, I think he's earned that moment. He's earned that status symbol kind of point in Japan, and he could very well be just waiting out his time until he is old enough and respected enough to go back and do what Jushin Thunder Liger's done and, um, you know, kind of have that last year um, and be that pundit. That everyone everyone kind of relies on because that gap's going to going to get involved at some point. So back to the gauntlet match. <laughs> of course, um, I mean it's always good to talk Shinsuke. It always is good to talk Shinsuke. <laughs> so we went off R- on tangent about Shinsuke Nakamura. So Rusev. 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 Well, let's Rusev get kick some people in the head. Let's. Yeah. Both based suplexes and <laughs> stuff. So they lost. They lost. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much just let's think about that. They definitely lost. Excellent. <laughs> so um the world's the world's most generic tag team, the bar, are next. Um Yeah. What is there to say about the bar that hasn't already been said? 
bar, I like the bar, but the bar kind of needs to break up. Someone needs to break out as the face, and I hope it is Cesaro. And Cesaro gets a good mid-card run before he moves into the uh, main event picture. This guy deserves it. This guy needs to do it. Cesaro, what, what, what? What? Cesaro in the main event picture. Yeah. Don't you think that that's a bit late? Well, wouldn't they should have pulled the trigger ages ago, but why not build Cesaro up? Well, yeah, but, well, because at this stage, I mean, people have been waiting for him to touch that kind of top-end area pretty much since um, United States Championship. Sounding rather peaceful there. Just PlayStation. Oh no, that's 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 cool. Um, only recording a podcast. Only recording a podcast. <laughs> well, what I was looking at decided to fail and tell me to report it. And it was all a lie. I don't need to report anything. Okay, cool. Um, so. One of the things you could do is just turn the volume down. Um, so. <laughs> United States champion, obviously, 2012. Um, and then he's kind of just sat in the kind of mid-card with no real no real change. No real change. Goldust is reportedly done with WWE. Breaking news. Oh. Goldust. How, how, how reportedly is this? Let's have a look. So, better in Goldust, we're probably done with WWE. Um, they're stating that it's going to be Dustin versus Cody Rhodes at double or nothing. Really? Who's who's stating this? This would be on. I can see the Mark Middleton. Bleacher Report seems to be. Because he's known for being a credible reporter. There we go. There we go. Um. But I kind of believe it. Yeah, I mean, but I kind of believe it. I think I'd be about there if I was if I was Goldust. Um, Goldust contract recently expired. Um, kind of clearly yeah, it was well, going to AEW. Clearly it was going to AEW. I mean, he's been. I'm not sure he's spoken about it before. I'm not sure he's spoken about it before. Mm. In interviews and stuff that I've read that I can't really. Pinpoint, but so the reports the reports I get the reports I'm getting here um, just seem to vary between one or two elements. Um, so I've got Goldust WWE contract reportedly expiring seems to be the Bleacher Reports line, whereas Cage cites uh, sorry not um, last word on pro wrestling um, has said that his um, contract has expired. So it seems that people are just slightly unaware as to when it is that his contract actually comes into force or, or it expires. WrestleMania is a bit late this year. Um, comparatively, it would probably um, it would probably bring to my mind that most likely he would be he would be at that stage where um, he would he would be retiring the Gold Dust character anyway. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole Gold Dust situation? Um, do you think we're going to see Dustin Rhodes? As Dustin Rhodes, um, yeah, 
I mean, where can you go with that? Yeah. Far from Dustin Rhodes. Gold just is owned by WWE, yeah. so he has no choice but to become Dustin Rhodes mm. or Ronald. Yeah, of course. Um, or just Dustin. Or <laughs> just Dustin. <laughs> yeah, Dustin and Cody. Dustin and Cody, one on one. In a bull rope match. Yeah. Um, bull rope because match. that's Dusty Rhodes' classic <laughs> match. Yeah. So that would make yeah. sense. Um, so that would make sense. The funny thing is, is I really like Goldust Image. I still like Goldust Image. I prefer Dustin Rhodes as a gimmicked character rather than um, Dustin Rhodes as Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> um, I've never really liked Dustin Rhodes as a wrestler. Um, I've always liked Goldust as a wrestler. I don't know what that says about me. I liked his face paint when most of it was black and the gold trickled into it. That was the best one. Yeah, that was damn good. Um, now I've always liked Gold Dust. Um, I, I'll be interested to see what happens here. I would like to see him and um, Cody have a good run. Um, and that was more interesting than talking about the bar. So the Usos. <laughs> so the bar lost. The beat down. Um, New Day put Biggie through a table and out comes the Usos. What's standing between the Usos and Big E? Come on, Luce. Come on, Luce. Get up, Luce. There, There's no chance. Everybody knows the Usos fought wars against the New Day. And everybody knows there's one person who deserves to fight for the WWE Championship, and that's Kofi Kingston. He already earned our respect. He's earned respect from every single superstar in that locker room. He's earned respect from them. So with that being said, your new day. Good luck, Goose. Cause we forfeit. Wow! What is that is a class move, a class act move from the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. A, a remarkable turn of events. Big E and Xavier Woods. I don't think they can believe it, but at the same time, there's hope, guys. There is hope for the new day. Hope for Kofi Kingston. Sometimes you got to assess a situation and do what's right, and that was right. And the WWE Champion Daniel Bryan is irate. So Daniel Bryan absolutely destroys his locker room, and Eric Rowan kind of pushes things around a little bit. Eric Rowan just kind of half-heartedly runs over a table. Oh, oh, this this moves. I'm gonna push this and stuff. I no, pushed no, over a bin. Yay. <laughs> but with um, the users, yeah, that's really the good term storytelling. Yeah, really good. Really good. Um, really good storytelling. Um, I like the um, the prison logic going on there. And the continuity of what they said last week in their promo is brought over to this Scotland match where they respected New Day going after what they what they wanted, and they said that the week before. So that continuity thing 
that's been missing from WWE seems to be coming into play. Yeah, um, that's that's one way of looking at it. But I mean, it does show what an appalling state the product was in when we're praising them for managing to remember what their own characters say for two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that is one thing. But I do like the fact that this is a development piece for the Usos. It shows something about their character that we did not know before as an audience, and that is how you tell a story. Well done, Jimmy and Jay. And also whoever put those words in their mouth because it's the WWE and no one's allowed their own creativity. I'm going to say Chris Barber. I'm going to say Vince Russo. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Bro. He's on dial. He's on dial. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, yeah. Bro. That's that's my that's my impression of Vince Russo. It's a good it's a good one. Yeah. Um. Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan then decide to come down All to the ring. Off. Yeah. How did this go? No, they came and beat them down. That's what they did. Mhm. And that's okay. kind of that's how it kind of went. Um, but the, I think the most important part of this story is. Um, when Kev, um, Xavier Woods, sorry, did a um, Tony DDT off the apron onto Daniel Bryan into the barrier. And then Eric Rowan decided he was going to um, iron claw slam Xavier Woods through the table. Big E pushed him. Well, actually, Xavier Woods pushed him into the post first and then Big E pushed him into the post. Uh, Big E clotheslined him over the table and then Big E made out the table was really heavy when he picked it up um, and then pushed it on top of Eric Rowan, who was a legal man. Roll back into the ring. Count of 10, didn't answer it. Kevin Kingston's going to WrestleMania. Kevin Kingston is going to WrestleMania. Going to WrestleMania. What were your thoughts on this storyline as a whole and it paying off? Assuming that this is the section that does pay off. Well, I am hoping that because there was a segment with Vincent Mann at the end saying that Kevin Kingston is going to WrestleMania. And I think you pointed out to me before um, we started this podcast, carry on, you, you tell the story. Uh, yeah, um, he does say that he is going to WrestleMania. At no point does Vince McMahon actually say that he is going to be in the title match during that last segment. Um, now, it will be very, very difficult for um, WWE to go with this option, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did go with this option because we've seen in the past few years that WWE have quite liked fucking with their fans for no other reason than to remind the fans that when they get behind something, the WWE is still ultimately in control. Um, this, to me, seems like it could have the potential to be one of those ego plays from the WWE creative department's kind of roots. Um, I, in that... the hand, think that's different. Okay. I, on the hand, think they are going to put Kirby Kingston in this match. Considering they did give the whole graphic of Daniel Bryan versus Kirby Kingston. Mm. But um, that yeah, still doesn't I mean, mean that that's what Vince Man said. But if they don't put Kirby Kingston in this match, I mean, the only way they can do that is next week saying... Or, actually, what they could do with this is put the New Day in a triple threat match. 
next week on SmackDown. Smackdown. To determine people, who is going who to be the person. Face. Yeah. Yeah. That would be it's the logical that would be the logical way of doing it. However, that would not necessarily that would not necessarily guarantee that Kofi Kingston is going to WrestleMania. If Vince McMahon is no, true wouldn't. to his word, um then that has to be then he has to indeed go to WrestleMania. Um so yeah, it's it's interesting. It's one week left. We'll find out how that plays out. But mm. thinking about I it, now, very... I, I do feel like there's going to be some kind of swerve. There's got to be a swerve. WWE love it. the new day. Mm. W- WWE absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, to to do that kind of swerve. Did he come and... out going? Biggie ever was earned that. You didn't earn it. Now you're going to earn it in the triple threat match. Whoever wins faces Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean that. That to be fair, does sound like something that does sound like something that would happen. Um, all in all, this has been one hell of a difficult kind of situation to to watch as a white fan. Um, not in a. <sighs> I'm I'm going to broach the subject because I feel it needs to be broached. Um, there is an undertext in this entire piece that has been that has been one of racism, um, and although it's not overtly stated, I think the there is a proportion of the WWE's audience who are thoroughly aware of it, um, and I think what what annoys me the most about this situation is yes it's not my story to tell as as a viewer of WWE who is in the predominant in in the predominant demographic but what it is is a story that exists and is out there and in these weeks and months what you've seen is WWE consistently throw this idea of racism in our faces very very subtly very subtly through through subtext within this storyline. There's the People Like Us reference that we mentioned last week where we kind of referenced what was considered one of WWE's um, strongest race-related moments in its history. We as fans should probably be having better conversations about the product because what I've seen within the wrestling media over the last six weeks is a lot of white pundits of wrestling a lot of people with a lot of opinions who are more willing to talk about Kevin Dunn's camera angles, more willing to talk about what Ronda Rousey is wearing at Fastlane, and certainly more willing to talk about WWE's booking decisions than they are necessarily willing to talk about the meta-narrative involved in having this Kofi Kingston moment and what that means. We have we have been willing to do that and it's a shame that this podcast isn't particularly a prominent platform within this this media form because this is a very important moment for this medium i would like this to be a watershed moment for wrestling i would like to be able to look at wrestling as an entertainment medium where there is no racial bias and i think this is the storyline where that can actually happen 
but we as a series of fans and well as a group of fans as a fandom need to acknowledge openly that in the past up until this moment it has happened and it has happened consistently China had more shots at the WWE title within the last 20 years than black performers have. That to me, because you've got Mark Henry, you've got Booker T, who never actually challenged for, for the WWE title. WWE title. It's always been the big mm. goal belt. Yeah. And in this instance, that has happened more. I mean, that to me is just shocking. Um, and the WWE are now taking pains to acknowledge that and are doing it through this storyline, and I hope they get it right. But we have to be good enough as fans to make sure that if they don't get it right, we let them know, rather than just saying, oh, well, it was a shame Kofi lost, but I really like what they did with the camera angle when um, when Brock Lesnar walked down the aisle and how the how his sweat glistened when when, this, when the fireworks went off and 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 wasn't it great how how Becky's Becky's revolutionising it and oh yeah go back to go back to mugging for the camera new day go 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 throw some pancakes at kids give them some oh, salmonella from pancakes on this episode actually not meant to mm. <laughs> um, other thing I'd like to comment on this. Um, Asuka seemed quite thrilled backstage to have lost her title and be applauding for the new day, didn't she? In oh, the, yeah. when, they, when we went back to the locker room. <laughs> oh, yeah. I you mean, tired of applause for other people. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. You don't really care about that title belt because it's just a prop, love. Mm. Anyway, well, anyway, I just wanted to pay a rise for it. <laughs> I just wanted to address that. I think we as fans need to be better and I think this needs to be where we hold them to account and don't let them just worm out of it. It's time. No, no, I completely agree with you, Rich. I, that was more good. Oh, thank you. Um, awesome. Well, I think that's it for Joe Fab. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, final thoughts, Rich. <laughs> Um, final thoughts we're, we're, we're on the final stretch now I am looking forward very much to Wrestlemania week but in the same way this has been one of the most stressful Wrestlemania seasons of my life um, not only because of this podcast um, but also because I haven't known whether I've come or going as far as to what we've been watching um, it's been fun but I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to have another year like this. So I hope WWE get it right. I'm very much looking forward to next week. Go home episode. Jay, what's your thoughts? My thoughts that WWE have really stepped up the game, and they're going to next the go home show. The WrestleMania card is about complete. The only thing that's missing now is the SmackDown Live tag team ladder match. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be, be really, great, really good. It? Be really good on yeah. the ladder match at WrestleMania for the tag team titles of SmackDown. That'd be a really, really, really good idea. <laughs> really, really good, um, right? Yeah, and then we would have all said that you called it, wouldn't we? <laughs> yep, that's right. I called it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this show in general, this this SmackDown show, can't be for WrestleMania. 
I mean, we're going to have a long weekend of wrestling and podcasts, and I do hope it does deliver. I hope it's one of the best shows as well, because if it's not, I don't know, maybe you're going to find people moving over to different wrestling companies and checking them out instead, and I'm seeing a decline in the WWE. This is this is now the time. I mean, New Japan Pro Wrestling's going through a bit of a going through a bit of a second wind, um, and I think with with how good the J Cup has been um, this year, um, which we haven't had a chance to comment on because of all this all this WrestleMania stuff, but how good some of the J Cup has been, um, I think I think they're now past that post. Um, past that post G1 lull that they had, um, as everything was up in the air regarding AEW and a large raffle, their talent kind of moving away, and I think we're moving back into a into a better era for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and of course, come October, AEW and the new SmackDown Live product will go toe to toe. So this is going to be one hell of a fucking year, and I I am very excited for what's happening at the moment. One two. Is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. <laughs> you have been listening to J-Fabe. Obviously, if you like us, please subscribe. Please, please comment. Please engage with us in any way. We're both on Twitter. Um, we have been Beard and Bear. Um, I have been Rich. Jay, anything to say to our audience? Yeah. I am Beard. I am Jay. Beard and Bear out. You're the whitest Jay I know. I'm definitely the whitest Jay that I know too. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Too sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> Five sweet. Dare <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like this song though, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's probably my favourite music. Unless you change unless you change the key and then it sounds silly. All you need is a drum and bass back into that. Drum and bass back in. Um, drum and bass. Hang on, hang on. Three, four, five. Let's let's pop this up. No, can't do it. Can't just do it on the cuff. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I tried. So, uh, Ben and everyone. Uh, I really enjoyed that episode.